Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day, uh, a day that you have made for us to rejoice and to be glad. Uh, we pray that your word would be a blessing to us today and that we would be uh, following you as the wise men followed that star and searched it out and reached the place that the Savior would be born. Father, give us that same diligence and urgency to follow you in these last days, Lord. As we conclude the 2019 year, Lord, this year went by so fast. Allow us to redeem the time. Uh, for the days are evil, Lord. And we're about to go into 2020. And uh, everything is stirred up for deception for confusion. There's going to be so many uh, different voices. We pray that your voice would be loudest in our hearts and that we might prepare for the coming of Christ and that we might be about your business using our resources uh, to fill the earth with your glory, Lord, so that when we appear before you in heaven, we would have impacted the earth for you, O oh God. Uh, we're not living without purpose. We're not living without significance. Our children are mighty upon the land. They know how to answer uh, in the crossroads of life as they confront enemies, those who are contrary to your purposes. We pray that your word would be clear today, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit, Lord. Father, we, not, we do not want to be ashamed that you're appearing. We want to have the confidence that we walked boldly in your purpose. So give us the spirit of God strong, the grace of God powerful, that we might walk as your children upon the earth. And we give you thanks because your word will not return void. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. As we prepare for the Christmas uh, season here that's going to happen, um, we're going to say it again, there's no service on Wednesday. Wednesday night, go ahead and enjoy your families. There's not going to be service, midweek service this week. Um, however, uh, we will meet next Sunday, and then uh, we'll get ready for the new year. Um, but as we prepare for Christmas, um, today begins a celebration. You might hear it, uh, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, the Jewish faith celebrates something called the Festival of Lights, or the Feast of Dedication. And they have eight days worth of uh, this celebration of the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah, the Festival of Dedication. Um, I don't know that we as Christians have anything even close to eight days straight of celebrating anything. Um, we, we have a poor tendency to be able to celebrate even uh, what is considered the greatest time uh, of Christian expression was the coming of our Savior to the earth. And uh, this should be met with fireworks. And the Bible describes it as good tidings, good news of great joy. So um, I would want to call the children in here and ask them, what is the thing that their uh, parents celebrate the most? What has marked their life? Uh, and it should be the Christmas season. Um, it gets overwhelmed with the, with the issue of consumerism, um, 
we don't have enough money to be able to have a good Christmas between you and I, that's an abomination, right? You, you celebrate um, in the greatest expression minus economics. Get, get the money out of there and don't let that be a hindrance to you to be able to enjoy this season. Um, I, I, I was saying yesterday at the funeral of Julio Natera, I said, sometimes we get so sad because of the separation and the burial of a loved one, we fail to celebrate their life. And, and there's so many good things to be able to turn that somber season of sadness into gladness. And if, you're, if you have the spirit of God upon your life, you have the capacity to bring the presence of God into any situation and it turns out to joy. Um, this week, uh, the church was blessing uh, one of the families here at church uh, with a new car. And as we were buying the car, we were there at the dealer and we're getting this new acquisition for this family that has a need. And uh, we thank God for a church that's meeting needs, right? That's, that's, what, that's where we're not a needy church. We're meeting the needs with the abundance that God has given us. So while we were getting her a car, she wanted to talk about her divorce 15 years ago. And I was like, time out, time out. Could you please, like, forget about your sadness right now and rejoice you're getting a car? Ah! You know, turn your frown upside down. Let's, let's celebrate it. it. Those of you that are going around with some type of sadness, you better, you better sonar into something to celebrate. Or the devil has your lunch, your, your cooked goose. Um, so begin to look at, and if you need help, come and visit me, and I'll rebuke you real hard. <laughs> And so that you can rejoice. If you have a wife next to you, a husband, if you have a dad, a mom, there's a lot of things to celebrate. If you have children, if you have health, there's, there's just a, a, an onslaught of things to celebrate. And, and that's who we are in Christ. So the Jewish people will be celebrating the Feast of Lights. Um, if you go with me to John chapter 10, verse 22, this is um, a biblical um, pointing to that that feast, uh, it was the feast of dedication, Hanukkah, in Jerusalem. And it was winter. And so you, you ask, what would Jesus be doing in the winter time? Um, he would, next verse, verse 23, um, he was headed over. Jesus walked into the temple. Walked in the temple uh, in Solomon's porch. So, so we know that Jesus, even before this whole thing with the crucifixion, and the, the giving his life on the cross, as he lived the daily life of a Jewish man um, in the winter during the Feast of Dedication, he was headed to the temple, and he was confronted there. Um, there's a continual confrontation because Jesus wants them to understand that they're celebrating the Feast of Light, the Feast of the festival of dedication, Hanukkah, and they ask him a question, verse 24. They're going to be asking you a question too. Uh, the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Well, between you and I, he had told them many a times that he was the Christ. He told them many a times that he was the light of the world. He told them many a times that he was the Messiah. And 
for this purpose he had come to, to fulfill the purpose of God uh, in salvation. And so um, Jesus answered verse 25 and he says, when he was confronted, Jesus answered, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they say who I am. They bear witness of me. So he was, he was in that regards. Don't consider it strange that you're telling people that you're a Christian and that you are close to God and that you are the real deal and they continue to question whether there is substance there. I remember uh, years ago uh, as I was practicing law, um, Everybody saw my law office on Bird Road. Uh, 50,000 cars go by there all the time. Uh, a great sector of the population in Miami. And, um, and, and in my office, uh, on the outside, I had a Christian logo, a Christian fish, right? Uh, you've seen that, that the, it's almost a symbol of Christianity. And, and I had painted it gold, and I, I put law offices Joaquin Molina, and then under that was the fish. Well, just because you've put a fish on your building doesn't mean you're authentic or real. You know, so a lot of people going by there is like, what, why is that guy putting a Christian symbol under his name at the law firm? And, and so years would pass, and I finally hired a, an attorney. Uh, she was working with the state attorney's office here. And, and so I said, come and work at my office as a lawyer and start out your practice. Her name is Gina Mendez. Uh, she's a magistrate today, um, and she started working at our office, and her father was a lawyer too, Eduardo Mendez, and, and he had his firm across town, and, and he asked his daughter after a couple of months of working there, she says, hey, honey, is that guy the real deal? Is that guy for real? And she says, dad, this guy is super real, super genuine uh, in his walk with the Lord. So I wonder sometimes, you know, that the people, as you profess your Christianity, that they have an opportunity to see it in reality. And that's what Christ is doing here during the Feast of, of Lights. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. Uh, he says, I've told you many times I've testified concerning me and, and what I do, uh, my life speaks. So Jesus earlier before John chapter 10, in John chapter 8, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. See, Christmas is a time where the lights, we did that at the candle light service. We're saying we're not walking in confusion no more. We're not walking in chaos. There, there is no... Um, I want to use this word just because it hasn't been used in a while. There's no being befuddled. There's no stepping on, on, on mud and, and, and creating uh, something that's foggy, something that's not clear. So the invitation that I give people all the time is, why don't we hang out together? I want you to hang out with me and go where I go and see how I talk and, and watch my life because my life will show you that Christ is in my life. My, my, my walk will show you uh, how I live constantly. And that's one of the, the questions that Bishop Boone asked my kids. They, they, when he hung out with us 
for about four days he was here in Miami and he asked my, my kids, he, he goes to Brandon and to Nick and Josh, he says, is your dad like this all the time? They said, yeah, that's, that's my dad. That's, that, that's, what, that's how he lives. And, and it's a reality for us that are in Christ. John chapter 9, verse 5. And again, Jesus reaching out to tell, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. These people are celebrating Hanukkah, which is the Feast of Lights, and they still haven't seen the light of the world. They still don't get it from Jesus, how he plays into this. And then after they had questioned him during the Festival of Lights in John chapter 12, verse 46, again, um, Jesus spoke and said, I have come as light into the world, and that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Um, there's a lot of stuff that tries to distract us from time to time. Uh, and in every sphere of our life, it seems like the clouds try to come in and create shadows. But one of the things about Jesus is he brings clarity to our life. And this light, he says, is the life of men. We're able to live. Uh, that's one of the questions that somebody asked me once. Um, Pastor. How come you've been able since from a very young age, uh, you have such clarity in your life to not be swayed uh, by things pulling you away into a dead end? I mean, you need to see things before you walk in them. And I, I, tonight, today I want to share something. I want to be brief here. I'm, I want to finish very quickly. But I, I want to... This particular aspect of the Christmas story um, is pressing very heavy on my heart. And it's, it's very unusual because it's not a part of the Christmas story that we concentrate too much on. I mean, um, there's, there's a huge amount of Old Testament verses. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just mention this one, um, Isaiah chapter um, 9 verse 6 this is called the messianic pro prophecy and it's in the old testament and entails 500 years before jesus is born this is written by one of the prophets of god and it says unto us a child is born and it's talking about in uh, bethlehem that jesus was going to be born unto us a son is given and it's the announcement of Jesus coming upon the earth, the government will be upon his shoulders. He's going to carry uh, the administration. Government means the way of, of directing your life, how to govern your life will be on his shoulders. That's what he's bringing. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 500 years before Jesus is born, um, the announcement of his coming is already being uh, written down and shouted and the expectation that he's coming. But here in Luke chapter 2 verse 1, the gospel of Luke begins to tell the story. Uh, they, they, they call it the Christmas story. Uh, they call it the greatest story ever told. It came to pass in those days that there was a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus. That all the world should be registered. Um, they call it the census. That everyone should be counted. 
Uh, incidentally, they're going to do that in 2020 here in America. And, and there's a way to go about it to find out who lives in America. They're going to count the people. They're going to go from house to house, and they're going to determine this. And they do so for many purposes. Why would you count people? What would, what would be the purpose of enumerating those who lived in the area? Now watch this, verse 2, very important. Part of the Christmas story is the census first took place while Quinarius was governing Syria. So there's different uh, heads of state, there's different governors in different regions. Verse 3 as they're going to take this census, so all went to be registered. Everybody that was under this government went to register everyone to his own city. And so really powerful that uh, everybody belonged to an area. Now, as we're telling the Christmas story, I want to highlight the fact that you're either walking in the existence of the place you need to be, adhering to those things that direct your steps, or you miss God. Look how important this is. I believe that, and this, this goes back to history. Uh, one of the ways that, that the devil messes with people's lives is getting them out of the place where they belong. They used to conquer cities in Mexico, and they used to go into a region of Mexico, grab an entire people, and then take them to a place that they were unfamiliar with, and, and just they, 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 would, they would put them in a, in a territorial region that they couldn't identify. Um, I've had this experience happen. If you ever... If, if you're in your neighborhood, you know how to navigate. If you're in your city. Um, I've never figured Hialeah out. How many could say amen? amen. You, the only way to figure Hialeah out is you had to live there and be born there. And almost I have to take a Hialeah with me in my car to figure out how to navigate through that city. This is super confusing. But now in the Kendall area or the Westchester area, you can't catch me there because I know every little nook and cranny because I'm from there. So the devil wants to take you out from where you're at that you feel familiar and confident and your people are there to put you in a place where you're not surrounded by family. That's, that's the devil's game plan. We see Psalm 68 um, verse 6. He says that God put everybody in a geographical location called family. He sets people in family, and it's to bring you out of captivity to prosperity. When you're around family, it's the most prosperous place that you can live. Now, the devil has made it so people hate family, and they don't like to be around a place where people know you because when they know you, they got your number. And they could say, I know that you're dancing. I know that you're wearing makeup. I know that you're wearing a dress. But I know you. I know who's under that makeup and that disguise. And you're not going to fool me. And this is what God has for you. So God is a genuine God. Uh, he sets people in family to bring them out to prosperity. But the rebellious will miss God. So if there was an instruction going out, a decree that everybody's going back to their own homeland, 
only those that want to know the will of God would go back. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to start in verse 3. Everyone went to register in his own city. So super important. You have to know where God has called you. Um, if you. If you miss your city, you miss God's appointment. If these people were not God-fearing, the angels were telling the shepherds, in the town of Bethlehem is born a Savior. What if Joseph was rebellious? And... He stayed in Nazareth, which is incidentally 60 miles north of Bethlehem. What if Mary would have married a rebel? It, it took like, uh, I think they said like five days. Let's go to verse 4. Um, I want to be quick here. I want to finish. Um, so it came to pass, Joseph also went up from Galilee. He was in the Galilee area, the Sea of Galilee, around the city of Nazareth. That's north of Jerusalem. And he went down into Judea, the city of David. He went to that place where he honed in there the appointment God had for him. The, the, because it was the house. It was his father's house. The lineage of David. And so I want you to be attentive to the fact you didn't choose where to be born. You didn't choose who your father was going to be. You didn't choose the brethren you would have. You know who chose that? God. They're sovereignly chosen. So a lot of people are thinking in the flesh right now. They're saying, well, then I belong in Pinar de Rio. No, I'm talking about spiritually. Where were you born spiritually? Who is your family spiritually? Who are your brothers spiritually? What is the purpose of God putting you in a world-changing church? You know, and if you're not where you need to be you miss God and so I'm excited about this because this is talking about Joseph he made a purposeful intentional move I, I, I'm thinking maybe this is the only church in America that's going to be telling you to return to your father's house return to your spiritual father's house. Connect to your spiritual legacy. There's purpose and identity there. The angels, heaven will move on your behalf. The purpose of God will be fulfilled. I, I used to tell the, the women that are here, uh, we had women with real curly hair, and they're always straightening out their hair, right? They're always straight. I said, listen, the guy who's coming here is looking for a curly hair girl. And if you straighten your hair out, you're going to miss the purpose of God. That guy's going to keep me. He says, no, God told me I was going to marry a girl with real kinky, curly hair. And he'll come here and see all these girls with the flat hair. They're like, my wife ain't here. I'm going to the next church. <laughs> so you can't disguise yourself. you got to be who God created you to be because that's how you're beautiful. And that's what God is looking for. Amen. And in your father's house. So he went to that place, verse 5. got to hurry up. Verse 5, he went to his father's house. In order to register with Mary, his promised wife, who was with a child. So they're moving in the direction of God. While they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a son and his name, the firstborn. She wrapped him in swaddly clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. And so we see the Christmas story being fulfilled. Uh, my message today to you uh, is short-lived, but I want you to understand that being in line with the purpose, Luke 2.39, look what it says here, uh, some verses down. 
when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. I, I want to say today, and I want to make sure I say it so it stays in your heart, the appointed times of God are to be in the appointed place by God, and it's in the Father's house. That your heart not be scattered, distracted, and distorted. There's a spiritual download that God has for you to impact the world when you're at the right place at the right time with the right purpose. When Paul describes what God has for him, he says, no longer as a stranger who's disconnected, Ephesians 2, 19. We're no longer disconnected in this world. We're no longer estranged and confused, Ephesians 2, 19. We're no longer strangers and aliens outside without the rights of citizenship. Somebody back there want to do that for me? We're having a glitch. Paul is saying if, if you reach Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2, he blows it up like huge. He goes into the universe. He goes, look at everything that God has lavished upon us. And he's, he's describing it. Ah, ah, look at all these things that God... If you read Ephesians 1 and 2, chapter 1 and 2, you'll see that what he talks about there is like mind-busting. And you're like, well, this is too big for me to understand. And then he takes it to the place of Ephesians 3.14. He says, in order for me to capture everything God has for me, I need to bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I need to be humble and wait in the place that God has for me so that I can get my inheritance in the Lord uh, there in chapter 2, verse 19, he says, so that we're no longer strangers and aliens. We're not foreigners, but we're fellow citizens. We're going to be members of the household of God. We're going to be in the Father's house receiving all that the Father has for us. Um, the Christmas season, I want you to see it as a season to connect with God. Um, how sad it is for those who don't connect with God. They miss their inheritance in the things of God. And that's why it says in Deuteronomy 23, 2, that if, you, uh, if you're not connected to a father, you cannot come into the house of God for 10 generations. One of illegitimate birth, the one who doesn't want to acknowledge his spiritual parenting, his his bloodline in the faith he's to not enter the assembly even for 10 generations what's that mean if you miss out the purpose of your calling your son miss out, misses out your grandson misses out your great grandson misses out for 10 generations there's families that are lost because a person does not want to be connected to his legitimacy his genuine birth his connection with his father's house. So if, I, if you were to receive that declaration today, and you are, I'm, I'm declaring it right now. Here's the decree. Everybody return to their father's house and be counted so that you can fulfill the purpose of God. So what God has planned comes to pass in your life. And so God has put you in a place of purpose. And uh, I'm excited about that as we continue to press into these matters. Let's go ahead and, and give the children their gifts. Those of you that have issues with us passing out gifts to children, on the day Jesus was born, there was three magi that showed up. The wise men came from the east. And the Bible says that they each were bearing a gift to lay it down at the feet of Christ. We want to identify our children with the fact that this is the season that 
that there is a gifting. Again, we're not focusing on the economic side of this scenario. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. There we see that each one of these wise men. uh, We're going to go to uh, Matthew 2 verse 10. When they saw the star, they received... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And verse 11, entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they all fell down and worshiped. Then after opening their treasure chest, they presented gifts for the king of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so your children today will be blessed in the house of God. And we are going to celebrate the Christmas spirit and give them each a gift. I'm going to ask my wife to help me. And she knows how to enumerate. Go ahead and start bringing the children in. They're going to they're gonna do this in an orderly fashion. Um, the fact that we're passing out gifts doesn't mean you trash my Christmas message. You can pray in your heart, Lord, line me up with my father's house. Line me up with our heritage, our legacy. Fulfill your calling in our lives. There they are. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, they could come on stage here as soon as they get their gifts. Venga, venga para acá. Come on up here. Merry Christmas, sir. No, that's for you. That's for you. Give me your hand. Shake my hand there. There you go. That's for you. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas, sir. Awesome. Come on up here. Come on up here. All the way here. Come on. You can kneel down right here. Kneel down right here. We're going to open them. Go ahead and start opening Start opening your gifts. Come here. Come here. Sit right here. Sit on the ground. Sit. And let's open up. Open up your gifts. Come on. Open those gifts up. Open up those gifts. Pastor Richie, come on up here. Pastor Joey. Pastor Jose. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Gabby. Wow, look at that. Yes. Wow, look at that. Wow. Thank you. A puzzle. Yes. Javi, Javi, what'd you get? Javi, let me see what you got. Let me see what you got. Oh, wow, that's cool. You got to build that. Yes, they got the same gift. That's a puzzle. Wow, look at that. A fire truck. Woo! Yeah, a dump truck, a fire truck, a helicopter, a train. Yeah. Train, how about you girls? What'd you get? Ah, a little devotional thing there. Super nice. Let's stand to let's stand this morning and thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Father, thank you that you have created a day that we can contemplate in the house of the Lord the significance of Christmas, Lord. Return our hearts to the Father's house. Father God, that we not be distant, that we not be astray. 
that we might be able to listen to heaven, heaven's voice, heaven's purpose, and align ourselves with why we're upon the earth, Lord. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for salvation that has come into the world, Lord. Now, Father God, that we might follow the example given to us. Bless every family represented in our church. Prosper them in the Christmas season. Keep them from darkness, Lord. Let light shine brightly, Father God, in a crooked and twisted generation, Lord. Allow us to walk as you walked in this world as the light of the world. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, and everybody says amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord, and see you next Sunday.